0: Hi, I'm Sarah K. Byerly, author, speaker, and the host of the Historian Life podcast. Grab a cup of tea or coffee and let's consider new ways to be inspired by history and then bring that inspiration out of the libraries and away from our desks to make a difference and to lead civil conversation. Welcome back, or if you are joining us for the first time, welcome to Historian Life Podcast. We are going to be launching into season one. Um, This is episode two, and since it is March of 2021 and Women's History Month, we're actually going to take today's episode to talk about women and history. Now, I realize we're going to be spending a lot of time in season one talking about heroes and guys who have hero status. So it seems like we should devote an episode to talking about the ladies and how they have been remembered or maybe not remembered um, when it comes to history. So let's talk about some heroines. Can you think of some women from the past that you would put up there in hero status? Or if you're like me and kind of don't like that term, who are some women from the past that you think of as role models for their character qualities, for maybe a leadership incident that they were part of? Take just a moment and think about some women from the past and how they've inspired you. Now, let's think about where did the information come from that we know about these women? Did they write it themselves? Was it a journal? Was it letters that this woman wrote? Was it something that a friend wrote about her? Was it information written by someone entirely unconnected to her? Someone who Just, you know, finds out about her and is inspired to do research and writing. There's nothing wrong with those various ways of finding out about women in the past. But I think it's really important to ask that question because sometimes we'll find the information about women in the past is um, written for unique purposes, To illustrate this point, let me share a quote from a Jane Austen novel, an unlikely source I know. We don't usually want a source from fiction, but this is an example of who is sometimes writing about the women from the past. So it's a discussion between the main character, Anne Elliot, and her friend, Captain Harville. He says, I could bring you 50 quotations in a moment on my side of the argument, and I do not think I ever opened a book in my life which had not something to say upon a woman's inconstancy. Songs and proverbs all talk of woman's fickleness, but perhaps you will say these were all written by men. Now Anne replies, Perhaps I shall. Yes, yes, if you please, no reference to examples in books. Men have had every advantage of us in telling their own story. Education has been theirs in so much higher a degree. The pen has been in their hands. I will not allow books to prove anything. Their friendly debate goes on, but I think she brings forward a point worth mentioning. Men have told the story of women in the past, sometimes accurately, absolutely, but sometimes in ways that uh, suits their own version of the story, or maybe even their own making of male hero status. And as the quote says, the pen has been in their hands. So when we're looking at women's history, go see who wrote it originally and we'll start there. Another thing to think about is just looking for ways to bring women and their stories into the bigger picture of looking at the past. And if I may, I want to share a story from when I was pretty little Um, I had discovered a wonderful set of books um, called Generals in Blue, Generals in Gray. They're two separate volumes. They're written by Ezra Warner. And my grandfather would actually check them out at his library and bring them to me. And I think I checked them out um, more often than any other book um in either my library or his and it was just a fascinating res- resource to me because it's all these biographies about civil war generals they're alphabetical they have their photos in there and they're nice concise summaries of these guys military careers i thought it was just the best thing well i started to get annoyed After a while, because I would be reading, you know, maybe a book about the Battle of Gettysburg, and oh, you know, it mentions uh, General Winfield Scott Hancock. So I decided to look him up in the leadership reference book, and there's a nice biography about him. And to me, they were leaving out the really important part I wanted to know if he was married, if he had any children, who were the members of his family. And of course, being a traditional military biography, that information generally wasn't included in these little snippet biographies. But it kind of put me on this quest of always wondering, where's the history about the women? Surely these guys were married or had a sweetheart. What was the story about the women in their lives? I'm just going to focus in on civil war studies, but a lot of what we're discussing can apply to other eras of history as well. Women and women's history is often in the shadows or it's treated as very separate from the military, the political history, those sorts of things, Um, at least until women move into those fields a little bit more prominently in the 20th century but in Civil War studies, you often find it very separate. Um, There's some biographies of generals or higher ranking officers on my shelf, and basically the only mention of their wife and their children is the date that they got married and then however many kids they had, and maybe if you're lucky, the birth dates of those children. Now, there's a lot of other biographies that are out there that do a much better job of helping to show the family side to these military guys. And I'm sure some of you listening might be starting to roll your eyes because if it's a military biography, why do we need the women and children in it? Well, because sometimes it's all connected, I was having a discussion with a colleague of mine. We were talking about Confederate General James Longstreet. And we were talking about his military performance in 1862. And my colleague was being a bit critical of him. Now, that's fine. If he's not performing well militarily, then we absolutely need to be a little critical and start asking why. But I said, wait a second, we need to check... Because I know that Longstreet lost several children to an illness. I believe it was in 1862. And I'm wondering if that could have been affecting um, his state of mind, which then would be affecting um, what he's doing in the military field. That opened up a whole new discussion. So we quick looked it up. Turns out, yes, yes. He had lost his children just about that time period that we were talking about. And that opened a whole new perspective to at least consider when looking at what was happening on the battlefield. Now, fortunately, there have been trailblazers in the history field who are bringing focus back to women's studies, looking at women's biographies, women's experiences in the past. And I am incredibly grateful For that. I would like to see, and I I hope we're starting to see a trend in this, that instead of separating it all out into military studies and women's studies, that we can start seeing it more together, the interconnected way that it was at the time of it happening. Now, why do we not think of women with the same status? or heroine status as we do the great heroes of history? Well, some of that's coming from the perception. Some of it's coming from who wrote about who. Um, Women have done a great job of um, keeping the memory alive of the great uh, warriors of their lifetime for a variety of reasons, of course. Um, And women have not necessarily had that same advantage, um, historically speaking. Gettysburg is just one little example of how women are there in the history, in the accounts of what happened, and yet they are really not brought to the forefront or into the larger understanding of the whole battle unfolding In the majority of books that are out there. Now there's new interpretation, there's new books coming out that is bringing together more of that military and women's history into one volume, into one interpretive panel, and that's really good to see. That's an encouraging thing. So here comes the big question. Since women haven't had the mythological legendary status as much as men in the past, or if they have reached that legendary mythological status, it's often been through men's writings, which may or may not be completely accurate to the life situations. Um, Should we go about making women into mythological legendary creatures? Should we? um, um, No. Because then you're just going to create a new situation where you're going to have a historical person who's been so um, perfected that it becomes hard to learn from them or to relate to them or understand those struggles and challenges that they really went through. So please do not go make perfect images of these women who've inspired you from the past. Instead, keep them human. Perhaps we're at an advantage with women's history. We could see ourselves at a crossroads. A lot of these women in the past who are great role models, who were good leaders, who were leaders in their community, or, you know, doing things of historical value right where they were in time and life, they haven't been made into legends. We have an opportunity. To get to explore their lives, their history, their society, their culture, and not have to strip away as much of the myth and the legend as we have to do with so many of the guys in the past. Because so many women in the past did not reach this hero legendary status of being these perfectly inspiring human beings who had very few faults, we have an opportunity to explore their lives as they really happened, to see their struggles, to see how they overcame those struggles. We get to see them in a more human setting from the beginning. And I find that exciting. Yes, it's disappointing that it's taken this long for women's history to become more acknowledged, um, shall we say, but as I said earlier, I think we're at a crossroads of opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity for great studies, and so many of them are happening now, but as those studies happen, the goal shouldn't be to help these women hurry up, reach hero status, and make up for lost time. It should be to understand who they really were, and what challenges they overcame. And that will give us a greater appreciation for these women and everything they went through in their lives and their society. If we are talking about women who have attained that mythological, legendary status, and yes, there are some women out there who have attained that high and lofty heroine status, um it's maybe time to go ahead and take a look at those stories. Where did they come from? Um, What purpose did they serve? And how accurate is it? And how does it fold into the historiography of how this woman has been studied and understood in the past? Those are just a few of the thoughts rattling around in my head about heroines, women's history, women's studies, and the opportunities that lie ahead of us. So I like to close off our podcast with a question here. So I would like to pose the question to you. We'll go back to the one that was kind of introduced at the beginning. Who are the women that you look up to in the past? How accurately have their lives been interpreted? And how are you going to go and share something about their lives and how they've been inspiring to you over the next couple of weeks? I want to challenge you to be the person who steps forward with that interesting little piece of women's history that is relevant to the conversation about the past that you are in. It doesn't mean you have to grab the floor and present a lecture on women's history. That's not what I'm advocating, but how can you introduce women's studies, women's history into the larger conversation, not just in the month of March, but any time of the year. I've had a really unique experience over the past year. I have a history chat with a good friend. We talk every Friday night and we pick a Civil War figure to talk about. Um, It's usually guys, um, but we've, we've put a few women in there as well. But one of the things that's really interesting Is as we talk through the general's biography, I always make a point of adding to the conversation. Oh, did you know that he married Miss, what's her name, on insert wedding date? And, you know, she moved with him to all his military outposts. Or, you know, during the Civil War, she did X, Y, and Z to support the cause, things like that. And it's been a really fascinating way just to put that little bit of information into the conversation. And it's been really encouraging because now my friend that we have this history chat with, he'll actually ask, oh, so did you find out was this general married? Did he have kids? And it's been a good way to bring a little bit of women's history into what would be a traditional military conversation. So what are some ways that you might be able to do that in discussions that you are having with friends, with neighbors, family, colleagues in the history, interest, history field around you? Historian Life Podcast is recorded and produced through Anchor. It is available through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you're listening, hopefully. Please visit our website, www.historianlife.com. And you can follow us on social media. This week, our channel is up on Instagram, and it is at historianlife. Thanks so much!